everybody has their chalk. Um, we're going to talk about that in, in a in a in a moment. So, um, man, I'm excited to be here this morning. I believe that God has just kind of downloaded a word into my heart that I think is going to bless bless the community here. So, um, <clears throat> I just want to start off by saying, if this is the first time that you're experiencing this Jesus community, or maybe it's the first time that you've been back to church in a really, really long time, or maybe this morning you come in and it's literally the first time you've ever been to church. I just want to say with all of my heart that you are so welcomed here, that this is a place where you can belong before you believe. You know, this community is a, is a space that's, we just recognize that every person in this room is on a spiritual journey. And so this morning, if you come in with frustrations or doubt or anger, or maybe you come in and the coffee you just drank's got you really ready to worship, or maybe you've been worshiping early this morning, you come in and you're just filled with the Holy Spirit, ready to go after it, and that's what you've been doing. Like, God honors all of that, okay? God honors all of that, and uh, I'm just excited. I'm just excited for what God's going to do this morning. We come to the end of Awaken. Come on, 30 days of praying and fasting. Um, I read an article the other day, and, uh, in, and it was um, on, on Facebook, and uh, it was an article about uh, a revival that just literally breaking out in a city called Rogersville. I don't even know where that's at other than it's like towards Knoxville. And uh, they've been doing Awaken. And the pastor, they were saying, man, waves and waves of people are coming to Jesus. And I'm like, that's incredible. That's incredible. You know, we're, we're, sitting, we're sitting in it right now. And so, um, man, God, we give you the glory on that. So I want to pray and then we're going to jump into Isaiah this morning. Isaiah 64, we'll be reading verse 8. One verse today, promise not to preach long. I will keep that promise. Um, the band will be right back up. But uh, let's, let's pray. God, you're amazing. And Lord, I just love you. And I just pray that you would uh, speak through me, through your word. God, I pray for power. Um, you know, I, I just want to acknowledge, God, that I could say the most eloquent teaching of all time, but if, if your power is not in what I'm saying, like if your power isn't upon the words leaving my mouth, God, then there's no power. And, and Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just change us this morning, help us, mold us. God, just, just do something in, in our lives and in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we come to the end of Awaken, and the question this morning is, what's next? What's next as we come, what's next as we come to the end of Awaken? And I think this morning, it's going to be a lot of, uh, the teaching is just really going to point to this idea of what we can step into individually. And as we step into it individually, when we get together on Sundays, our worship becomes louder and stronger and more powerful. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So if you have your Bibles and you haven't already, Isaiah 64, Isaiah 64. I want to give you some context to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was written by a guy, you ready for it? His name was Isaiah. And uh, he was a Hebrew prophet that was born 700 years before the birth of Christ. Why is that important? Well, his message, it's a battery. Oh, his message uh, was a messianic message of hope. You go, what, is that, what does that mean? Isaiah, 700 years before Christ, moved into the neighborhood of humanity. Isaiah was preaching this prophetic Messiah message about Jesus coming. And so we can see him prophesying, giving prophetic words about, about how 
Jesus, how he was going to come and what he was going to look like and, and uh, you know, how he was going to love people and who was invited to the table and how he was going to die. These are all things that we can see prophetically taking place in the book of Isaiah. But specifically the one that I wanted to focus on as we're reading about a prophet that's pointing people to a God that keeps his promises is when we get to Isaiah 64, specifically verse 8, if you were to read the verses before, I encourage you to do so, take my word for it. But they, there's just words where, where, where Isaiah saying, hey, your badness does now outweigh God's goodness. That God's goodness outweighs our badness. And in the midst of our badness, even though we have moments where we're struggling and we're all a work in progress, God can still use our story for his glory. You guys with me this morning on that? So when we jump in, there's this moment where he, he's, he's just inviting us into just a powerful truth. Isaiah 64 and verse 8, it says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. He says, We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all... We are all the work of your hand. I want to focus on that, just that one sentence for the next few moments. When he says, we are the clay and you are the potter. Here, here's two words that if you've been around me long enough or if you've heard me teach, I, I, you know, oftentimes we'll kind of put these out in front of the people I'm leading. But this idea of a kingdom posture and a kingdom position. You know, <clears throat> I don't want to just take one verse and not preach about the context. We, we look at Isaiah's life, and he's taking a kingdom posture, and he's taking a kingdom position. You see, a kingdom posture is for us to posture our lives to say that you're God, and I'm not God. To say that you're the creator, I'm the creation. You're the potter, and I'm the clay. It's posturing our lives, if you would, to say, God, would you use my story for your glory? So there's a kingdom posture. But there's more than just a kingdom posture, there's a kingdom position. And I want to preach about this, and I preach about it passionately because, you know, right now we live in a time where people's theology comes from a person with a check next to their name on Twitter. That people's theology is shaped by something that they read on Instagram. And we're not... We're, we're, we're not allowing the word of God to be what shapes us. That if it feels good and it seems right and it goes with culture, it has to be true. And a kingdom position is for us to say, God, you're the king and I am not. You call the shots and I don't. You make the rules, I'm here to follow them. You are the king of the kingdom, I'm just, I'm just a servant. You see, Isaiah had lived his life where he was coming under the word of God. I know that's unpopular right now to, to allow the word of God to get the final say. Culture says you're unloving. Culture says you, you, you're, you're hateful, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, I'm going to stand with God. And it's for us to go, hey, let's take up a kingdom posture and a kingdom position. And for us to come under the word of God and say, you're the king and I'm not. You call the shots. Like You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. I don't. It's about your kingdom, not about mine. And here's what's really cool. When you and I begin to take up a, a kingdom posture, when we become to, to, to become people who take up a kingdom position, that is the moment where in our lives, here's what happens. The cross that we bear begins to mean more to us than the crown that we wear in a culture that is obsessed and filled with people who just want to build their own empire. 
Does it make sense? Like head nods. I'm like seeing people through the light. Does it make sense? Like, like when, we, when we take up a kingdom posture and a kingdom position, the cross that we wear begins to mean more to us than the, than the crown that we wear. The cross that we bear begins to mean more to us than the crown that we wear. And when we begin to live this life, something inside of us happens. You know, my lesson, my title, my preach this morning is Awaken Us to Create. Awaken Us to Create. And basically what we're asking when we say, God, would you awaken us to create? We're going, God, would you help me vertically to love you with all of my creative heart, creative soul, creative mind, and creative strength. And when we begin to love God this way, vertically, here's what happens horizontally. Because of what we're experiencing here, the very response is creating beauty in our horizontal relationships. Well, why? Well, because the end game, the, the, the goal, the, the, the mission, the vision of Jesus was for you and I to be found people who find people. So you talk about what is next at the end of these 30 days. I would say awaken us to create individually so that when we individually connect with you, God, vertically, our horizontal relationships become about watching people come to Jesus. You see, this idea that found people find people, it's a biblical truth. It's missional language that points to Jesus' teachings. And here's what's really cool. When we begin to do this, we begin to see our, our neighbor in our neighborhood, in our community, in our city, in our state, and then the nation, and then the nations bow the knee to Jesus and come to follow him. I mean, guys, right now we are seeing God move in ways that I've been following him for 14 years. And the very thing that we've been praying, because it sounds real churchy, God, would you give us revival? God, would you go to the nations? Two weeks ago, the president of Brazil became a Christian. They had one stadium where people were worshiping God. Once they filled that up, there was people waiting outside, and guess what they had to do? They had to, they had to open up a few more other stadiums. Three stadiums full of people giving their lives to Christ. The president of Brazil shows up, and he becomes a Christian. God is on the move. And I go, God, would you awaken us? God, would you awaken us? Would you awaken us to create? You look back to the text. He says, we are the clay and you are the potter. We are all, I'm going to look at that in a little bit, we are all the work of your hand. You know, this morning, uh, I don't know if, it, I guess they were in the chair, but when you came in, you were given not a napkin, but a piece of chalk, and, napkin and chalk. <clears throat> you know, earlier this week, I was riding down the road, praying, spending time with God, and just the Lord gave me this beautiful picture, and I, I promise I'll eventually get there, but... You know, God took me back to my, one of my favorite memories as a child. You know, one of my favorite memories as a child is, you know, we, we couldn't afford a whole lot of things, but my mom would, would get us a box of chalk, and me and my brothers would go out, and, and we would draw on the pavement. We would be out there, you know, drawing on the pavement with our chalk. And here's, it, it, I still can't draw. I'm going to let you all know, like, if we're ever in a house church together or in, like, a game night setting, like, Pictionary, Telestrations, I'm not your guy, okay? Um... But reflecting on the chalk, and just, it was so interesting to me as I reflected on my childhood with chalk, just how easy it is 
when you go and grab a piece of chalk out of the chalk box, how quickly the chalk gets to the point where you actually begin to color with your fingers to the point like skin's coming off your fingers. <laughs> come on, who's ever did that before? Uh, come on. All right, some of you are like, Chris, that's, that's never happened while I've been dry, drawing on my iPad. All right, uh, hashtag Generation Z. But for those of us that know the chalk struggle, it's right, you grab a piece of chalk and it comes, it, like it, it goes as quickly as it comes, right? And this week when I was driving down the road, God gave me this picture of chalk. And he was just, it was just almost like God was saying, hey, this is a powerful illustration of what life is supposed to be like and intended to be like in the kingdom of God. You know, God looks down on earth. And he looks from east to west, north to south. And he is looking for a man and a woman of God who has taken up a kingdom posture in a kingdom position. A man and woman that's willing to go, hey, you're God, I'm not. You're the creator, I'm the creation. You're the potter, I'm the clay. And God is looking for this person. And when he looks down, he goes, I can use you. And here's what's cool. When we begin to posture our lives, take a kingdom position, that is the very moment that our lives become a canvas that points people in our lives to the goodness and faithfulness and amazingness of God. And the only question I want us to ask ourselves this morning is, can God use our lives as a canvas to point to his glory? Jesus says, follow me. What is the invitation? He's saying, with your limited time, your limited breath, and your limited energy, will you use your life for the glory of the kingdom of God? Think about Isaiah 64. He says, we are all the work of your hands. God's working in all of our lives. You can be running as far as you want, but there ain't a zip code you can go to where God ain't pursuing your heart. There ain't a bottle you can pick up or a bar you can attend to drink all the sorrows away. God's still there and he's still in your heart. There isn't a place that's dark on the planet where the light of the God isn't trying to break through. But he says, follow me and use your limited time, your limited breath, and your limited energy to point to my glory. You know, last night I, I shared with Alice and my wife what I've been praying over the past month. Go ahead and get the band to come back up. I told you I wasn't, wasn't going to be very long. I told her last night, I've been praying all month. I said, here's the three words I've been praying. I've been asking God to use us up. I've just been going, God, would you, use, would you use me and Allison up in such a way that if we get to live into our 80s, that we can look back and say we gave everything that we had to the kingdom of God. In the same way, think about this, in the same way that a, that a kid, right, he, he reaches into the chalk, he grabs the chalk, what does he do? He writes with it or she writes with it and paints a picture or a drawing or whatever until what? Until the, chalk's all, until the chalk's all gone. And then what happens? The kid does what? Reaches for another piece of chalk. And I go, guys, in the kingdom of God, would we be people who God can, can reach out and, and, and reach down and go, hey, this is someone who's, who's positioned their life so that it can become a canvas to point to the glory and the goodness of God. 
that we would live our lives that way. And so that when we come to the end of our lives, that God goes, I can't use you anymore. And so God reaches in and he grabs someone else to carry on the very thing that we built. I told our church this morning, I go, man, there, it's, it's more than just going, hey, we're, we're not just worshiping for this moment, we're worshiping for later. We're not just teaching for this moment, we're teaching for later. You know, the very truth is, I want you and me, I want our ceiling to be the floor of the next generation. How do we get there? Well, we become people that say, God, would you use, God, would you use me up? For God to begin to just grab us and use us to the point we got nothing left to give when we look to the end of our lives. You know, a few months ago, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me, there was a new streaming service, <laughs> Disney Plus. Um, how many of you are Disney nerds like me? I love Disney, okay? Um, I love Disney. But on the count of three, I want everyone just to shout out their favorite Disney movie, okay? On the count of three, you ready? One, two, three, Lion King. Lion King, thank you. If anyone didn't say Lion King, I'd look at them and be like, I knew you wasn't saved. I knew you wasn't saved. Lion King's the best movie ever. But anyways, some of you are like, what does this have to do with Jesus? I promise we're getting there. So a few weeks ago, I was watching Finding Dory with my wife and my firstborn. He's a golden doodle. His name's Kobe. And we're, we're sitting there watching the movie. And then in the middle of the movie, I go, oh my goodness, that's the kingdom of God. Now, if you don't know the movie about Finding Dory, she gets lost in this aquarium and she's trying to get back to the ocean. But throughout the movie, this aquarium constantly, next time you watch it, you can't miss it, but the aquarium is constantly casting its vision and mission through the speaker to the whole world. You ready for it? Because it's straight fire. Their mission was to rescue, to rehabilitate, and release. And I go, that's the kingdom of God. That you and I, that we're called to rescue that as men and women of God, that we're called to throw our arms around the hurting and the struggling and those that feel like they're drowning. Why? Because found people find people. That we're in the business of rehabilitation. Now, I would argue scripturally that all of us are a work in progress. But we as a church, we have a responsibility to help those to discover who they are in Christ Jesus. That's identity. We have a responsibility to help people develop and who God created them to be. That's gifts and mission and calling. And we also have a responsibility to deploy people into all that God has for them. And then you talk about releasing people. I hope in this church that the next chapters that are being written, I hope that sometimes the best people leave. Now I want to pause because that sounds crazy. I said that this morning in our church. I want this community to be a place where God is moving so powerfully amongst you that your best people are leaving, best people are leaving because they feel the weight of the call of God to go where the word is not being preached. How does that happen? It happens when we become people that go, God, here I am, here I am, use me up. So go ahead and stand with me. You know, we're going we're gonna to sing some more worship songs. And, and here's just what I wanted to, how I wanted to end and just declare in this house. You know, I've enjoyed being here over the past five weeks. Today is week six. And, man, I love this house. I do. I love it so much. 
you guys will have no clue, because I really can't put it into a paragraph or a few sentences, to just express the impact of how God healed my heart over a deep, deep religious wound when I was here for about a year and a half as the youth pastor. But this morning, this is what I want us to do. I want everybody to grab their chalk. Everybody grab their chalk. If, if you're one of those that are like real fancy, you can use a napkin. I see you over there, Bailey. But I want you to grab that chalk. And, and here's the deal. I didn't hit up Chris and go, hey, we need to buy this chalk because it'll give us a good emotional response. Like, we, we didn't want to try to fabricate. We're not trying to manufacture some emotional response here. This isn't a show. We're just a bunch of men and women who love Jesus. Come on. We're just a bunch of men and women who love Jesus, know He's the King of the world, and we're trying to tell everyone that know that, that will listen that, that He loves them too. But this, this chalk, I wanted, I wanted you to feel it and touch it and see it because I wanted you to see the very thing that God is inviting you into. He's inviting you into a life that is here for a moment and gone the next. But when you go, what will have been your story? What could have God have did? Or what will He do? Because we posture our lives and say, God, use me up. And so here's, here's the deal. I want to hit reset. I want to hit reset on my life. And, and, and for those that want to hit reset with me, let, you, you can do it. But what I want to do is I'm going to pray, but as I pray, we're going to lift the chalk. Now, that, that sounds really like we're trying to do something super spiritual. I'm not. What we're simply stating is there's something that breaks off when you begin to, to, to step out. I know it sounds weird because we're just raising chalk in the air. If you're a first-time visitor, you're like, I knew they were a cult. I promise we're not a cult. <laughs> but what we're doing is we're, we're lifting the chalk in the air, and we're just resetting our hearts to go, God, through awake, and we come to the end. But really, it's just the beginning. And so when we lift the chalk in the air, what we're saying is, God, would you use me up? If you're a grandparent, you go, God, would you use me up? If you're a teenager, God, would you use me up? But for us to hit reset... For us to hit reset and go, God, I want the next chapters to be about you. You know, last night I was, I played in a basketball game. We have a church league basketball game. And just how wicked my human heart is. We show up and we needed some extras. And this guy that he was discipling brought this guy who, quite frank, was really bad at basketball. Like, it's terrible. And my first response wasn't, man, I'm glad that he's here so he can be around the people of God. My first response was like, this dude doesn't even know what he's doing. I need to sub out. <laughs> like, I need to get in for him. We got the win, and on the way home, God was like, Chris, you cared more about winning in a church league than you did about a soul tonight. And I'm going, oh. it's so easy for us. It's so easy for us to forget what life is really about. And so I just reset my heart this morning, and I invite you to reset yours. God, would you use, would you use us up? Would you use us up until we got nothing left to give? So right now, lift it up in the air if you feel comfortable, or if you don't want to reset, you don't have to, but we're going to reset. I just want to pray over this house, and then we're going to worship God. I want to pray just a simple prayer. 
God, would you use, would you use us up? God, we're the clay, you're the potter. We're the creation, you're the creator. You're the king, you're the one that calls the shots. We're just here to serve you. And so God, as we, as we reset the Bible, the, the, Bible the, the, the biblical word would be repentance. You know, I've heard that word for such a long time be abused by man or by leadership to get people to do what they want. That's not the heart of this. That wasn't the heart of you. You invite us to repent because you know that your ways are higher than ours, that your thoughts are higher than ours. And so Holy Spirit, in the power, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, help us reset it would shame die this morning would the power of heaven come into our brokenness and would our lives become a, a canvas to display the glory of God we're here for you and here for you alone let salvation be what this morning is about God we love you Holy Spirit it's in Jesus name that we pray and we worship amen Hey, when we jump back into worship, let's come undone. Let's come undone. Let's stop worrying about who's to our left and who's to our right. And let God hear your heart, maybe for the first time in a long time. Let God hear your heart. Let's come undone.